0: 422 on the DWS Hour. I'm Scott Beatty. Today, Joe Biden inaugurated as the 46th President of the United States, an unusual setting with the pandemic and security issues. Here's a portion of his address.
1: To overcome these challenges, to restore the soul and secure the future of America requires so much more than words. It requires the most elusive of all things in a democracy, unity, unity. In another January, on New Year's Day in 1863, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. When he put pen to paper, the president said, and I quote, if my name ever goes down into history, it'll be for this act, and my whole soul is in it my whole soul is in it. Today, on this January day, my whole soul is in this, bringing America together, uniting our people, uniting our nation. And I ask every American to join me in this cause.
0: Dr. John Murphy is professor of communications at the University of Illinois and has researched the rhetoric of U.S. presidencies and contemporary politics and presidential war rhetoric and campaign speeches. He joins us now on the line. Good afternoon, John.
2: Good afternoon to you.
0: I I beg your pardon. Is it all right if I call you, John?
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: Well, uh, Joe Biden today at the inaugural podium. What did you make of his address?
2: He did a pretty good job today. I mean, this I think this will go down as one of the better inaugural addresses in American history.
0: You, you know, it's, it took a, a... First, we could talk about the contrast in tone to past ad- addresses. He's not regarded, though, as a great orator, would you say? Is that fair? I think that's fair.
2: I think in his younger years, <laughs> and that was a long time ago, but in the 1980s, he was regarded as an, an eloquent person. But over time... Um, he just, he talked so much, uh, that his lack of discipline as an orator, uh, kicked in. But now I think, uh, especially over the campaign and today, he was quite disciplined, um, and quite focused.
0: And certainly somebody's behind every speech like this. What did you make of the writing, the style, the cadence?
2: It was a good speech. I mean, presidents face a dual problem when they give this speech, inaugurals, are supposed to unify the crowd, and your clip today really illustrated that demand. And they're supposed to do so through high style. And So at several moments, he had some really nice phrases. Early on, he said, today we celebrate the triumph not of a candidate, but of a cause, the cause of democracy. Um, That echoed John Kennedy's famous phrase, that we celebrate not a victory of party, but a celebration of freedom. And there were other nice lines within the speech that worked to unify the crowd. The other demand is that you foreshadow your political program and assert your leadership, and those two demands are often in conflict. Um, the more you're specific on your political program, the more you risk breaking up the unity you're trying to establish.
0: It's certainly hard to argue with unity and and peace and working together and mm-hmm. collaboration, and nobody can argue against that, but yet a uh, few actually sometimes in the world of politics want to do it. Does Does it give any traction to a president to have a speech like this? I think so,
2: because at the beginning, he wants to build enough goodwill to be able to create a consensus, to argue that there is something of a mandate for the sorts of policies he wishes to pursue, particularly the stimulus package that he has already put forward in front of Congress. And so I think the unity effort is to do that. But I also think it's just a part of who Joe Biden is. Um... He would have a hard time governing without um, exalting the nation, without thinking about the unity of the country. Um, He wants to get along with people. The difficulty, I think—oh, go ahead.
0: No, no, I was just going to reset for our audience, so please continue. Mm -hmm.
2: No, I think the difficulty with that is that that if you make unity your major goal, in some ways that puts you at the mercy of people who want to be divisive. Um, it becomes your fault. Somehow you aren't able to unify with them. And that's a little bit of the risk he takes by doing this.
0: Talking with John Murphy, and certainly President Donald Trump was very um, out there. You know, he was on Twitter and social media and setting forth his thoughts regularly. It's been suggested that President Biden may be a little bit more in the background in order to get done his uh, agenda and his his uh, goals—is that a wise course for somebody who wants to do this?
2: I think he will be a more formal, institutional sort of president. Um, I think feels as do many in Washington um, and a lot of scholars, to be frank, that the institution of the presidency in, in our country's institutions have really suffered over the past four years, and particularly with the insurrection on January sixth, and so. I think they are determined to communicate in more traditional fashion. I think the president, um, this president, will talk, for instance, over national television to us um, and explain to us his policies rather than tweeting out those policies. Um, He will talk more often and more regularly with the leadership in Congress, and he will communicate with them regularly and direct a good deal of his rhetoric to members of Congress. He's going to seek, by communicating with those people, to reinforce the institutions of our government.
0: Is that sort of a retreat, though, from what President Trump did? Regardless if you uh, did or did not like how Donald Trump tweeted or what his policies or aims were, it's a very... um, personal way to reach Americans. You can go back to Franklin Delano Roosevelt with his fireside chats on the radio and how groundbreaking that was, not only in technology but the intimacy. It was sort of removing another barrier between the common people, if you will, and the presidency.
1: Yeah,
2: I think Biden will communicate in the way that FDR did. He will give whole coherent speeches on radio and on television. Um And I think he'll use Twitter and he'll use social media. Um, But he won't do so in quite the way that Donald Trump did, again, because I think he wants that institutions have eroded and he wants to reinforce those institutions.
0: What do you expect now moving forward in terms of uh, the the kinds of rhetoric, you know, President Donald Trump would hold rallies and and, uh, you know, get large crowds? Joe Biden more from the desk kind of guy then?
2: I think he'll be a more from the desk kind of guy, more an institutional guy. I mean, the next major speech we can expect will be the State of the Union Address. Um, The speech today, the inaugural, was light on his political program. He didn't say much, you know, even for inaugurals. He did not foreshadow many of his proposals, although he did talk at length about a number of the difficulties he saw the country facing. And so he'll need to supplement that with the State of the Union Address that lays out the proposals that he's going to make to Congress. And I think, you know, long-term historians and, and critics of public speech will look at this inaugural anti-state of the union as a pair. We'll see them working together.
0: Professor John Murphy from the University of Illinois, thanks for spending a few minutes with us to uh, re-examine today's inaugural address. We appreciate it.
2: Uh, uh, you're welcome. I'm happy to be here.
0: Let's talk again soon. Okay. You bet. All right. Thanks very much, John Murphy from the University of Illinois. 430 and local news in a moment.